Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined shortly here on the phone, we're going to have Vance. He's not on quite yet. I'm pre-recording these to be uh, respectful of everyone's time. Um, we're also going to have Gearman Steve. And making a quick cameo appearance, we're going to have DK himself. Um, he's going to be a reviewer on the bait that I've been alluding to. Again, don't get your hopes up. I'm, I'm preferencing that with... Um, most people are going to be disappointed, but some people are going to be over the top excited. So um, I'm not going to call it a total failure, but I'll let you guys decide. Um, that's who's all going to be on the show, but let me get through these plugs. So this podcast is brought to you by Fat AZ Musky Products. FatAZMusky.com is the website. Um, haven't been so active on social media as of recent, but uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can also find us on Instagram. Uh, the website has, uh, you know, it's it's pretty up it's pretty up to date. You know, I'm still setting up some boats. You know, if you have questions, call or text or email or reach out through social media, and you know, I'll, I'll lend I'll lend my advice. You know, we've been doing this for quite a while. I, I think that I think uh, together we can come up with a good solution for your trolling needs. Uh, bait wise. Uh, look at uh, Muskie Tackle Online or Team Rhino. I'm not sure their inventory as we're winding out this fishing season, so I'll probably get a pretty good idea here in the ne- in the coming months when we start making baits again. So uh, be sure to check them out. Brick and mortar stores, O'Donnell's down in down by Slippery Rock, and Hogan's Hut up by Chautauqua Lake. We're also brought to you by Muddy Creek Fishing Guides MC fishandguides.com that is vance and todd you know they're kind of winding down the season and um you know they don't really have a whole ton of dates left over Uh, i mean they might have some cancellations here and there but um be sure reach out get out early and uh get them on get them booked for next year so that'll be important is you need to um you just you gotta you gotta anticipate this stuff early. I know weather and all that stuff it makes it difficult, but you, you gotta lock in them dates. So be sure to um, reach out and get in contact with them. Uh, Ranger Boats, big thanks to Ranger uh, sponsoring this show and for Muddy Creek. Uh, you can find your Rangers at Vix Marine. So Vix Marine, uh, great dealer. We've we've had great luck with them. They communicate well. They know how to set up boats. That's that's the key. I mean, they're not setting up ski boats. They're setting up fishing boats. So all the different graphs, you know, motor setups, props, hauls, they know their stuff. So be sure to reach out to them. Tell them you heard it here. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna treat you right. St. Croix rods. <clears throat> Excuse me. Best rods on earth. You know, St. Croix has been making rods for like a million years. And they make a, a rod for every single type of application out there. Maybe not every single type, but like almost everything. So, you know, you can go to the big box stores. You can pick up a rod, feel it, shake it. Uh, you can walk out with it that day. No shipping charges. Uh, but, you know, that's the great thing. They've got an excellent warranty. They stand behind their products, mostly made in the U.S. Big thanks to St. Croix Rods. And lastly, Aqua Traction. You hear me talk about it every week. Closed cell, polyethylene foam. What does that mean? That means it's not going to absorb water. If it doesn't absorb water, it's not going to 
taken different colors and stains and it cleans up real nice. It dries real fast. It's easy on your shins. It's incredible. It is made to your boat. So that means, you know, you're going to have to go to a dealer. It's not like you can go and uh, open up a Bass Pro book and, you know, say, I want, you know, this, this, this is made for you. You have your own styling, your own colors, make it your own. So if you're looking here to uh, replace your, your uh, floor coverings, be sure to give them a look here. And our local dealer is AMF Marine. They're up by Vicks, you know, on the eastern part of Ohio. So, you know, how do you, how do you reach out to AMF Marine? Well, simple. You email them, nick at amfmarine.com. That's our local dealer. Be sure to follow them on Instagram. They got a really nice, Aqua Traction has a really nice Instagram page. So check them out. I love it. And uh, with that, I am going to go ahead and get everyone else on. All right. I got Steve on. Hi, Steve. Hey, what's going on, guys? Not much. I got Vance. Hi, Vance. Good evening. Good evening. All right. This has kind of like been the show for the last two bait reviews. Just Vance uh, and yeah, Steve and, and me. Yep. But we got a guest coming Arf on. MIA. That's right. Um so we're gonna have a we're gonna have a third. I like I alluded to earlier, we're gonna have a cameo quick appearance with uh DK. Um he's gonna review the, the middle bait and then he's gonna do the intro or he's gonna answer the questions that I'm gonna grill him with on his his donation. So with that, our first bait that's up. It's another Andrew I. It's Spray Bomb Bait Company. This little jammer is called the Six Inch Teeth Seeker. Vance, any chance is it in front of you? It's right in front. I'm getting it out of the out of the bag right now. Okay. There are two of them again. One of them is a fire tiger type pattern, mm-hmm. and the other is a walleye pattern. Would you call mm-hmm. that a walleye? I'll call that a walleye. Okay. So, talking with Andrew last night, he wanted to uh, make a note on this. Um, the 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 reason that the the four inch teeth seekers that we did last show was it last show or the first show? I think it was the first show. It was the first show. It was the first mm-hmm. show. Uh, the reason that they ran a little bit different was because the glitter bait has an extra coat of epoxy. Mm-hmm. I think we alluded to that, didn't we? Oh. Yeah, we thought something was off weight wise. Yeah, and it, and it was it was due to the glitter. If anyone knows how glitter baits are made, they require a little bit more epoxy uh, mm-hmm. on it. So that is that's not a surprise. But I wanted to at least bring that bring that up because that walleye is kind of glittery. Memory serves me, uh, or is it painted? No, it's 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 painted. It's pearl. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it, it's been a long time since I've had them sitting in front of me. So, um, all right. So. I'm going to give a quick quick rundown. I mean, anyone else that wants a little bit more detail here, you can listen to the the show that the show date was nine fifteen of twenty two. Um, so a lot of that, a lot of this stuff will be repeat. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on some major stuff. So he he made these baits for the twenty twenty two public debut at the Muskie Max. Uh, he started making baits in two thousand nineteen. It was gliders first. 
and they were, you know, making for friends and, and what have you there, like most people. These are cedar. So basic, they're basically the same construction as the four-inch bait that we, we reviewed. It's a cedar screw-wide bait. He does make some on-occasion through wires, but primarily they are a screw-wide bait. They are a flat-sided, rounded, uh, routed edges. So, um, you know, the profile isn't so big on them that it kind of looks like a pie plate. They're small enough that those radiuses kind of do add add a little bit of, like, flow to them. Um, typically, you're getting four coats of epoxy. The lips are hand-cut and pinned. Um, let's see here. This was actually the 6-inch Teeth Seeker was... He made that bait before the 4-inch, so we kind of went backwards there. So the first bait that he made was... Not the first bait he made. The first crank bait that he made here was the 6-inch. So this was... He made the six, then he made the four, and um, yeah, pretty much same same construction. Uh, however, the lips are thicker. So when you compare them to the four inch, these lips are thicker to handle up a little bit more abuse. Uh, kind of made them primarily as a trolling bait, but as he talked to me, he he also cast them and rips them around, um, on, depending on the waters that he's in. Now Vance. Yes. Describe, describe, after I ran all that down, describe the bait. This is an apparent six-inch uh, crankbait. It's got a steep lip angle. The tie point is midline, which is perfect. It's a screw-eye bait. Um, it's flat-sided with routed edges. Um, very, very flat-sided, almost like uh, Grandma Minnow-style flat-sided thicker than that but still flat-sided um you can see that the lip is thicker than the four um what else should i do about this because it's really pretty. um like like when you said thicker is it like you know like i i, I kind of pretend that like I, maybe i'm weird here but like if i'm going up to a bait to pick it up i sometimes pretend that my hand is the mouth of a muskie and, I, and you kind of like wrap your hand around it is it like obnoxiously that. big or is it like no. no this this is proportional or hey this is a little skinny this is uh no it's very proportional i would almost say that it's like an inch three quarter to an inch wide um probably three quarter um but yeah it's it's nice the hook placement is really nice with the belly hook and tail uh, i think that's good for hookup ratio and a, a six and inch I, bait is it's not a huge bait anymore uh, how do you feel? The hooks are appropriately sized, or um, I think that I think that it's appropriate with this style of bait. I mean, I might go bigger on the belly, um, but the same hook brand. I like these hooks a lot uh, for trolling. Um, big barbs on them, which are important. Um, but you know, like how Dale does his fat body. It's like a seven lot and a six odd off the back. You can. You know, so if you put this in the water um, and have to replace a hook, uh, I don't think you would have a problem with a with a with a bigger hook. Um, but that that's always an experimental thing. If you're going to switch hooks, like it, it's funny, you know, there at times someone's like, "Well, this bait doesn't run that right." I'm like, well, send me some pictures. They're like, they're always getting tangled. The hooks. Send me some pictures, and they're like, so like extremely like not, five x yeah, yeah and i'm like well i can tell you why <laughs> like yeah 
some baits are not that finicky, but. Right, right. And I think like with, I don't think that this is going to be a finicky bait at all. The tie point is really, really tight. Uh, it's, it's heavy duty wire. Um, and with that steep angle of the lip, uh, this putting a little bit extra weight on a, on a bigger hook, it will not affect this. I think it runs the same, uh, regardless because it's such an aggressive, uh, thumping bait. Okay. Um, epoxy finish, like, like run, run down the finish and stuff on it and so the, I'm holding the walleye one here, and it's almost like a Wishmaster walleye. Uh, there's a lot of layers to this. There's uh, a lot of things going on underneath the scale. A very clean epoxy finish, just smooth, very smooth. Not a bubble, not a thing. 10 out of 10 on that. Um, and uh looks like it might be customized on here. I don't know. But it's got a little – the walleye has a mirrored eye to okay. match a walleye. Um, but yeah, nice epoxy finish for sure. Good, good depth of paint. Now, now jump over to that other bait that he donated there. Uh, the fire tiger just one. Did, yeah, just did good depth of paint. There's a couple different scales nettings on here. A nice fluorescent green to, uh, fluorescent yellow fade with the orange belly. And again, uh, overspray. You know, let's see. He's doing a really good job on that. There's, there's not, not a lot of overspray on this. I, I'm going to tell you I what, like th- there was a time and, and, and some people still do it and you know, that's fine that they were skipping out on the yellow on a fire tiger. Mm-hmm. They were just going black, green, and then orange mm-hmm. to me to be authentic. It has to have the yellow. Mm-hmm. So I remember you yelling at me about that when I was first trying to, Oh my gosh, say. if if you were here, <laughs> I've closed yeah. fist. Like, <laughs> look absolutely... at this fire tiger and punch. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Tell me how it looks with one eye. <laughs> but yeah, this is cool. Again, uh, there's different scales on here. There's just gold scales on the black bars, which takes time. You know, these are all things that. Now, here's here's something that's and... sneaky. He might have scaled the whole thing, but it only shows up on the black. I'm looking at it. And I don't see it. I mean, these are things that we, you know, painters can look at. And this is just like another annoying step to do. Mm-hmm. You know how that is. Oh, I know uh, a bunch of annoying so, steps to do. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> like start uh, to finish. Yeah. So to do to do this stuff and make it that clean, it's uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I like it. I good. Like it a lot, actually. When. Uh, Andrew came fishing with me like two years ago with uh, him and Mike Fredhold, and they, they each brought sure. some of their new baits and stuff. Fredholder, yes. And um, he had a bunch of these six-inch teeth seekers, and they were all different configurations and stuff. And I, I remember uh, picking up – like they all ran a little differently, of course. He was testing new baits. But I picked up this one, and it was a screw eye. And I was like, I really like this one, though, the way this one runs. And he was like, well, that's not good because, you know, everybody wants through wire. And I was like, yeah, but this one runs really good. Uh, so I'm happy that he went uh, with the, the screw-eyed version on, on these. They they definitely bump uh, a little different. I like them. Perfect. All right. Let's jump into how they run. 
And I'm going to start with Gear Man with this one. Steve, Steve, <laughs> All right, well, t- t- tell us about what you did. Uh, you know, so, and again, so I tried keeping the uh, kind of the, the, the procedures and, and the methodology of testing similar where I'd put the bait in, run it at three, four, five, and then kind of take it to its limit and, and, and uh, just kind of observed it at different different speeds and its actions. And, and, uh, and Vance already mentioned this. So the, the, the thing about this is it has a really hard thump kind of with even for a six inch, this sucker kind of has a, it stayed in line very well. These didn't walk um, like the four inch version. You know, we had the variety of, of uh, one bait to the other. Both of them now, uh, both of them had a real uh, straight path, but the, the, the thumping or the, the crankbaitiness is the new term I guess we made up was really kind of uh, wide, you know, it just kind of had that hard uh, uh, hit to it. Every time it would, it would uh, kind of go back forth, back forth. And obviously the faster you went, it, it maintained that very strong thumping, but it just a much higher frequency and just kept, uh, kept, it kept hold even up to five and a half. Now I did notice that the walleye, had a very slight wander every once in a while, but it was really infrequent. Um, and, and the perch had nothing. It was just straight as an arrow, just really kept line strong. So it, it I could see this thing kicking out some serious vibration uh, just for even a six-inch bait that, you, you know, you, this is the kind of vibrations and, and, and thumping you'd, you'd expect from like a tenature, and, and this little guy's doing it. So, so it's dancing the rod tip. What's that? It's dancing the rod tip. Oh yeah, I mean big time. It's just it, heavily, heavily. Yeah. Excuse so, me. And like I said, crankbaiting the scale. Size to do that. Crankbaiting this. I'm, I'm one going, being I'm super kinda... tight, ten being the widest that you can think of. Ah uh, man, like a seven. You like it on uh, a seven? Yeah, maybe maybe seven and a half. I mean, it was it was like I said for a little six inch guy. This guy had a lot of tail kick and front kick. Like the whole thing was just back and forth. It wasn't pivoting about the uh, tie point. It was pivoting more of the neutral point, which I guess gave it that wider uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, crankbaitiness to it. I love that term, crankbaitiness to it. So I'm, I'm going higher on the scale with that because it, it this sucker thumped. And it, it was impressive. It was a cool little bait. Again, the, as you guys described, the paint was nice and it just looked good in the water. So uh, absolutely impressive, I'd say, and, and consistent with uh, how I thought the, the four inches were nice, too. So so good line, he has. Okay. Now, Vance, do you have anything to add to that? I would say that, you know, I would agree with, with Steve. But it, it thumps, and it kind of, if you hold the bait in the middle of it and shake it left and right, that's the way. Like, hold it 180, perpendicular parallel to the ground excuse me and you would just move it in the middle between your thumb and middle finger that's how this thing thumps so it's thumping really hard and it's got like a big head kick and a big tail kick so uh i really like it i also wanted to say that there's pin lips on this um and uh yeah crank baitiness wherever this lands on the scale i mean this thing's a, a hard thumper it would be like considerable to our down rod wily bait uh but it's kicking out harder left right left right left right so it has a, has and, a, a lot of exaggerated body movement yeah yeah while swimming while swimming yeah 
not as not not as a, as tight of a wiggle. It's pushing a lot of water and doing a lot of things down there. And like Steve said, with the walking one, you know, wooden baits. What are you gonna do? Everything is is a little different. It's not a walker in the sense that it would wipe out your spread. I would feel completely co- comfortable running this right in the down rod and having one of them right next to it as well in an out rod. Um, but yeah, uh, these are great baits. I caught fish on them. Um, they actually, uh, when we were searching through colors, I was putting them on the rod, putting them on the rods and seeing how I like, liked if they ran. And we picked this color that is just, you know, stupid for musky fishing. You think of like uh, Chautauqua Lake, you think of perch and goldie and brown perch and whatever, black. Uh, I picked this one that he called headache and it was running how these ones are running now. And at the time I was like, yeah, throw that out there. It's running the best. Or I like what I see out of it. It's They all ran, but this is just what I like to see. And it was like pink and yellow, white and weird, and that thing got smoked. So uh, the action on these things, the ones that we're holding right here, very, very, uh, very, very effective. Good. All right. You guys have anything else to add to it? No, just want to thank Andrew for doing that. I mean, these are great, great baits. I think everybody should give give them a shot. Very good. All right, to kind of wrap up the six-inch teeth seeker, um, an epoxy finish, cedar, routed edges, four coats of epoxy. Uh, I did not get a dive curve. How how did you guys? What do we? What do you guys think this thing ran depth-wise? Man, I would say like <laughs> on my configuration, if I had forty feet of line out on it, which I did, I would say that I'm down like twelve. To 12 to 15. This thing dives quick. Steve, you, you agree or? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I didn't run as far back. I was kind of short lining some of these, but it, 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 it did disappear relatively quick for, for its size. So I'd say that's pretty accurate. I'd, I'd have guessed probably out of 40 feet, like maybe 10 feet kind of range, but yeah, kind of what Van said. Okay. Uh, one question that I didn't ask you guys when and where? You have one scenario to run this. When and where? Someone go. Uh, man, uh, obviously, well, you can go, Vance. Yeah, I'll go uh, mid to shallow, flat. Uh, in the fall, I like the fall. I like because it goes so when it's sl- when you slow down with this bait, it's still doing the same stuff. That it does if you're doing it in the summer, and it's got these really big kicks left, right, left, right, left, right, and I think that's when I would uh, like to to use it the most if I have. So, how about you, Steve? Yeah, I was going to say summer into fall because if you want the speed, this sucker will hold speed with the kicking. But like Van said, it was really cool. It's a three mile an hour, still had that strong kicking, and I could see if you you know you're slowing it down in the fall, but um, you know want that kind of. A, uh, uh, motion to get the, the attention of these fish. And as I mentioned, it fishes a little bigger uh, than it is just because of that action. So I, I obviously think uh, you definitely get some uh, use out of this in the fall too. Perfect. All right. Um, so 
I'm going to continue with my little rundown after I almost messed this thing up. Um, <laughs> he's going to be making some more, and they'll be for sale at the Muskie Max in 2023. So look for them there. You know that, or you could probably try reaching out to him. Uh, he has a Facebook private sales group, but most of the stuff is done at the Muskie Max. Uh, we, we I'd say we got a, a middle to deep diver uh, here with with good action at all speeds. Exaggerated body wiggle. The crankbaitiness scale is a seven to an eight, and um, you know excellent construction. So big thanks, Andrew I Spray Bomb Bait Company. Okay, we are going to be, I'm going to be pausing this, and I'm going to get DK on the phone, and we're going to make this happen. We're going to see, uh, we're going to get, see how everyone talk, thinks about the new bait. So, be right back. Nice. All right, I have DK on. Hi, DK. How are you doing? Good. All right, so I'm going to spill the beans here. Get, what happened there? Did you spill the hooks? I, set, I just set down a large uh, bait <laughs> on my table. And that's, did the table shatter? No, it's just <laughs> here, it was it so loud. Listen, listen. Are you scratching the epoxy on that bait that DK gave us? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, fans. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hey, you know how I treat your baits, buddy. <laughs> poorly violent okay so now the moment everyone's been waiting for i actually don't think anyone's been sitting on the edge of their seat here but we kind of came up with a a soft plastic bait it is not new by any stretch but it is kind of new to the musky world and when i say kind of new there has been kind of some stuff look by it but really the driving force to try to make this happen and the reason why DK and Steve are absolutely on this was because they put me up to it. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is my idea. I just like kicked under the bus all the time like a stepchild. I'm the one that came up with the idea, Vance. I came up with the idea, dude. Okay. So, okay, oh moving forward. No, right. It was it was DK when it, and Steve, who brought it up. No, I didn't say and, they brought it up. I said they encouraged it. Okay. Okay. Whatever. So, anyways. <laughs> uh, the, the, we are calling it the CBW. And you're going to ask, what is a CBW? Well, what is that called? Like an acronym or something like that? Anyways, yeah. it's called the Chautauqua Bloodworm. And again, people are going to be like, what is the Chautauqua bloodworm? Well, back in the day, I'm not going to use names, but some person was talking to another person and they were saying that the reason all those muskies are out in this area of the lake, I'm being very vague here, is because of all the bloodworms in the bottom of the lake. Well, <laughs> questioning what's a bloodworm, it's because of all the leach fields from the septic systems from, I, I guess, the, the local housings, it left the question mark of, this is a natural lake that's been here forever. How did they put septic systems underneath this lake? <laughs> so it's become a running joke about these blood worms. So oh, I don't even think these things exist. I don't even know what a blood worm is. But 
we have one in soft plastic form. Vance, will you describe what a CBW is? A CBW is a soft plastic bait. Uh, or I'm describing what. Did, yeah, I'm describe, describe, yeah, what's okay. in your hand. So this is a tubular style worm. It's about an inch in the middle and it expands 10 inches uh, from nose to tail if worms have those things. Um, and that's it, inch in diameter. Yeah, it's it's about, yeah, it's. Yeah. So basically it was kind ten of 10 inches long. Yeah, it is 10 inches. I I yeah. the the premise here was an ultra finesse bait. Ultra finesse bait. But it doesn't stop there. Steve, I'm going to have you talk now real quick. What what do you see on this on this bait? And and we're still prototype, but we're kind of where we want to be. But go ahead, Steve. Well, so do you want me to describe how I used it? What Just what I see as potential for it? Put potential right now. All right. Well, so uh, again, as you guys described it, anybody who's a bass fisherman um, knows the, the senko. Um, very famous bait has a lot of versatility on how that's that's used. Just it's 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 very similar to that. Just scaled up and. and um, you know, I, I, I like to fish all different modes. You know, I like to fish with the fly. I like to fish with the, the, the power cranking and the vertical jigging and the finesse and, and well, the trolling a little bit, but not, not as much for me. But, but you know, so I, I'm the one that's kind of thinking whatever tool works best uh, is what I'm, I'm interested in, of course. And, and so this bait, like you mentioned, fills a, a strong niche in the finesse um, area. And I... I you know, I fish with it on a spinning rod, but it has enough heft. You don't quite need a spinning rod for it. And, um, you know, like any other type of stick worm, you can fish it with uh, a huge kind of Texas rig hook. You could, um, uh, you know, wacky rig it with a treble in the middle. And, and the cool thing that you guys designed into it are almost like pre-made uh, voids. We're dead center so that if you were to uh, wacky rig it, you actually stick a treble up through the bottom and then tie your, your uh, line or your clip, your leader onto it. And you're not kind of ripping the bait to, to create weak points in it because it's already stress relieved off of uh, how it was molded. And you have one going vertical as well, which helps out um, with any, if you want to try to string in between it, any type of stinger hooks on each end, whether you're wacky rigging it or, you know, that Texas rig kind of can go up into that space. Um, so it just the, the versatility from a finesse standpoint is there. You can power fish it too because you put a large jig head on it. Um, and, and again, whether you, you rig that weedless or not, you, you could rip that through the weeds. You kind of fish it fast. It has a lot of tail kick to it. It, it just has a lot to it. You, I, I, this thing could fish in a, a myriad of ways um, that that I, I, I honestly think has, has a lot of value in, in some of the voids in musky fishing when you get into that finesse style that not a lot of people contribute uh to musky fishing but i've i've always you know enjoyed the finesse fishing for any type of species so this is definitely one i had a high interest in i encouraged okay it wasn't my idea obviously like like we established but when he started talking about i definitely encouraged and said please give me a prototype because i'd love to fish this sucker it just kind of fits my style so so i'm gonna i'm gonna elaborate a little bit more so on on the so We've made this mold. 
and, and, and we have various inserts that we can add and subtract the, the blanks that Steve, uh, that Vance and Todd got only had the cross hole for like a wacky rig. I yeah. believe DK, did you get one with the cross hole and then the one down the length? I got both with both holes. Okay. So, um, we were playing around with what, you know, di- different things because Steve was saying, you know, you get a little bit of air trap in here. It kind of messes up the fall for the first few feet. Yeah. Um, we're playing around with both ways. I mean, it's literally, do we put the insert in or not? And there's a, we might end up just making them both ways because when Todd was rigging up his, he was like, man, I'd really like to have a hole down the whole length. And, and what I mean by the one that we kind of left out would be, I guess similar similar to a urethra. That that's the best way that I can kind of put this down there, because so what your, your urine comes out of. So so there's 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 a. I mean, how else am I supposed? There are going to be so many dirty jokes when we have this, this thing at the booth. This. It's going to be just like okay, make your jokes, you know, whatever. But that, that, honestly. <laughs> a channel down the middle of it. But no, we will we'll go with the penis thing. I, I didn't say I didn't say that. I just said urethra. But, um so well, they're and, only in two places. Right, but you're the one that said the word, not me. This is sure. this yeah. is G yeah. on my end. You okay. got PG thirteen over on your phone. <laughs> All right. It's joke time. Come on, because we're allowed to make fun of ourselves. Yeah, this is a bad idea. It's it's it, it is, but it also isn't. I think it's awesome. It's so bad Let's that it's continue. great. Okay, so so, so urethra. Anyways, the the whole the whole point with that would be, I was thinking, oh, do you know how sweet it'd be to throw like a leader down it, like a catheter, and then you oh can attach gosh. a hook. Come on. Well, how else am I supposed to describe this? <laughs> and. But, you know, it, it offers some versatility there. But that, those are the two configurations that we're looking. Everyone's going to probably have a cross hole that, that runs through that, like, that one-inch diameter area because that's dead center of the bait. So you're not yeah. sitting there guessing where's center of this thing. And you, you know, put a hook through this, and now it's, like, all lopsided to one side. That's the center of the bait. Whether we, we, we put the one down the length, you know, we probably will be doing it both ways. But we're going to find out. Um, we're going to just see how things go, but, um, Dave, how did, how did you like to, to fish this? How did you like, what, what do you envision? Like what, what went through your head about it? So what I did is I rigged it Texas style. I, I know, uh, Steve talked a lot about like the bass tactic, you know, approach for it. And that's what I had in my mind. Uh, I took it out back. We have a shallow, this is a small river, um, and it was perfect for there. Uh, you can do a lot with the fall rate, depending on what size hook you use. Um, just tons of options. And why why did you want to Texas rig it? For that river, that's kind of what I thought would be best. Um, I did have another idea for a way to rig it that I didn't get to try this year, but... I'm definitely going to be on it next year, and that's going to be the drop shot approach, rigged wacky style. 
And do do you? I mean, I, we're, we're kind of like feeling this one out. Do you like that length? That 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 hold down the length, or is that just like I I, I could take it or leave it? I'm we're we're getting feedback here. Yeah, I didn't use it, but I'm thinking there is going to be a time where it might be handy. Okay. I'm thinking, you know, if you ran a, a strand of uh, fluorocarbon down through there, you could run a, a stinger hook off the back or. Would, yeah, would I just, I mean, would, would you like thread a jig head into it or something and, and like work it off the bottom or, or are you just going to, I'm going to drop shot this thing and, and bounce it, bounce it down the current. Oh, if I was going to drop shot it, I would, I wouldn't use the lengthwise hole. I would use the center hole and maybe like a nine knot treble and then tie a piece of 30 pound mono to your treble hook down to like a six ounce weight maybe and just drift that, that down through the current. So you just run one hook? Yeah. Okay. But your muskies have really big mouths where you're at. They do. <laughs> so we, we could use a big hook. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Is uh, there... Indeed. Go ahead. Steve. DK hit a few on a few things. You know, you talk about uh, Texas rig. Well, like he mentioned in the, in the shallower currents, um, where you're, you know you're casting into obstructions or into weeds. When you bring it in, it, it kind of has that more obviously uh, slither type of profile that it could pull through quicker. When you when you wacky rig it, again, it drops nice, has a good fall rate. But when you're bringing in, there's a lot of resistance to it. Um, yes, so it, I know that know, too. Yeah, so if you're trying to, to kind of snake it through current or weeds, I would agree with his type of hook style because you want to be able to, to cleanly bring it through. And it kind of has a, a kick to it. You almost, If you remember the old uh, – they still make them, actually, like the sluggos and those kind of old finesse baits that they try to supersize into a muskie that um, I don't think uh, <laughs> have actually quite as good as some of the bass versions. But uh, that's for another day. But, uh, you know, it, it kind of has that kick to it and that kind of movement – finesse style when you rig a texas rig your biggest challenge rigging a texas rig, i found is finding a big enough single watt hook yes um you know because you just you want that gap in it because if a fish bites it now you have and it's the same when you bass fish if you got the uh, if you don't have those extra wide gaps um the the annulus or the 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 difference in where the hook point can come out to the tops consume with the thickness of the bait so that that I, I I saw was one challenge in trying to to get something to match with it, um, you know. And, and the wacky rig thing. What was really interesting is the fall rate was really um, I wouldn't say slow, but I, I wanted to speed it up, so I put some lead on it to get it down quicker. Because when I was fishing with it, the wild thing is, as I mentioned, and we talked before, you know, with this these the technology we have nowadays and the active targets and. Uh, mega live and then live scope where you can kind of see these fish, particularly if they're real lazy follows. This was a cool kind of throwback bait. You know, they come in and then you just drop this sucker straight down. And and uh, the interest they had in it was wild because it nose into it and look at it like, what on earth is this thing? <laughs> you know, but yep. it was, it had the size to attract and USDK about the size, you know, you, you can get some of these bass uh, worms up into seven inches and so I think you guys just took it to that next level to really differentiate that, hey, this is a true big fish uh, bait. And so I, I think you hit the, hit it with the, the size on it, too, because you're filling a niche that just, again, 
I, I haven't seen any stick baits as big. No, and another thing I did like about it is rig Texas style. You can cast this thing a mile. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's oh. great. You can cover some water, so. Well, and I, I use it on a spinning rod. I, I thought this thing wasn't going to land. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it sails. My fear, though, was because I'm casting so far, am I going to get a strong hook set if a thing hits it when it hits the water? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of my fear why going too far. But, yeah, you definitely can. If you if you text your rig it and kind of kind of jerk it and kind of snake it through the, the uh, grass, if you're trying to power fish, you can cover water. If you're trying to hit those pockets where you just kind of bring it in and drop it down a hole, um, man, it does that too. So it, I, I, I just see a lot of techniques with this. Yes, that, very versatile. Yeah. Uh, with that versatility and uh, outside of you guys using the bait uh, for sympathy reasons only. Because um, <laughs> I forced them to. Yeah. Do you uh, – a muskie guy is going to look look at something like this, and, and they're, they're not all finesse people. Um, they're just going to tie on and throw it. That's generally what musky guys do. Does a bait like this, with the different scenarios and the versatility of it, require a special leader? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say no. I mean, because again, it has. Sorry, DK, I'm going to cut you off, but uh, it has the weight. You can use traditional tackle, bait casting tackle. You can use a fluorocarbon leader. Um, with it because the fluorocarbon falls neutral with it. It's not uh, like a nylon one forcing it up and it's not like a steel one bringing it down. It, it, it fits nice with the fluorocarbon leader. So I don't think anything special is there. Um, the only, the only thing that's a little unique is, you know, a lot of times you're just, you're just used to putting your leader on a, uh, on a lure and fishing. This one actually, you kind of, you know, the way I had it was a teed hook so that the, uh, it wasn't teed. It was actually uh, uh, two hook points at 180 degrees from each other, and then the third was at a 90. And when I stuck it up through the hole, uh, the eye of the, the hook came up through the hole, and then that one part that was at the 90 actually stuck into the bait, and then the two that were 180 were sticking out from the bait. So they kind of have to put that through first, then clip your leader onto it. Um, so it's a little, there's a, a very minor assembly type of thing to it. Um, but uh, I don't think you need anything unique for it. Again, I like. Uh, I like the, the finesse. Uh, when I fish finesse, it's just something about a spinning rod. I don't know why. So I got a musky sized spinning rod that I sit there and, like I said, if I see those fish follow and they kind of disappear, I, I, this is kind of my follow up bait. You just kind of drop it straight down. Because um, I, I, as I've seen, a lot of times those fish are still kind of there, but they just drop in the water column. And this is what you can get down to them and hit them with something that's different than, let's say, crank, you know, really hitting them with an active jigging bait. This is that triggering that neutral fish into this thing coming down on his nose, you know, and, and that's where I mm-hmm. see a lot of it at, but you can, you can just free spool a bait caster and do the same thing. Cause there's enough weight there. So I don't, I don't think anything's really unique or special that you need to go by. It's just opening your mind to different techniques that I, I, I think can convert a, a few extra fish that you're just not uh, hitting with some of these, you know, like I said, some of these uh, scenarios where you got those neutral fish, there was a real lazy follow uh, that you might be able to convert. Okay, well, uh, what say you, uh, Dave? Do you think you could use this with conventional tackle as well, whereas people are just grabbing and throwing and grabbing and throwing? What do you think about, like, just a baitcaster with this thing? Is that how you use it? That's how I use it, um, with a fluorocarbon leader. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, 
this bait reminded me early on in my musky fishing. So we're going, you know, I don't know, we're going back, I don't know, 15, 18 years. And back. Correction, when you musky fish. What's that? Correction, when you actually musky fish. Well, that was early in my career. (laughs) I haven't, I haven't retired yet. I just don't play that many games. Um, but You're no, the like you brought in, <laughs> that's right. The DH. Um, <laughs> so w- what I, what I did early on was, you know, I, I didn't have tons and tons of money, you know, not, not like I'm, I'm rich right now. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just tripping over cash oh, stacks. We and, absolutely are after this, after the, the <laughs> yeah, world. after we're going to blow up the musky world with the CBW, um, <laughs> pre-orders, Reach out. <laughs> I mean, we're selling this thing so good. No, but like what what intrigued me was early on, you know, when, when you're just kind of like dipping your toe into this, I I looked for a bait that I could kind of modify and mold to what I like, you know, uh, get, getting some, you know, some wire and some needle nose pliers and sitting down on the couch at night and bending up your own little harness, this and that this bait lends well to creativity. Um, yeah. I thought like big J Mac jig heads thread that thing through run a stinger hook all the way lengthwise through the whole thing off the top. Oh man, that'd be kind of cool. You know, I'm, and I'm envisioning this, you know, working it that way. You could put like a bulldozer blade in front of it and you got like this eel type bucktail, you know, you can go, pitching docks with it you know i don't know those those bass guys are crazy maybe they'll like it because it's a big giant something they're going to catch a 25 pound bass who knows but i just saw a lot of versatility there at face value as i alluded to a lot of guys are going to look at this and be like yeah that's kind of a disappointment but for the guys that like to tinker and kind of make their own thing or combine different baits this this could be some really neat little add-on and some creativity with basic tools. You can make a whole bunch of different baits off of these. And the and the best part is we haven't hammered out a price, but these are going to be probably some of the, the most inexpensive musky baits at a show. Um, so it's, it's kind of neat like that because, you know, you mess one up, you just grab another one. They're probably going to be in a multi-pack. Um, you know, when, when it does, when it does drop, but you know, if anyone hears, you know, power fished an area or whatever, and you're like, I know there's a fish got to be in here and you want to go pitch some, some holes in the weeds or something like that. This would be a neat way to really extend some, some of your fishing, um, you know, long cast, you know, not long time to retrieve stuff. You can work really, really finesse. You can also power fish it depending on how much lead and how much hook points you want to throw on it. That's that's what got me excited about the project. Yeah. So well, you know me, I like to tinker too. So I've been doing everything. these these poor worms have been through every different configuration, and I just you know I, I just love that aspect about it that you you can just uh, just hit you know you, you can fish horizontal up high, you can fish vertical deep, uh, weed lines. It just it's just so much you can do with it, and. You know, I think would be the coolest thing is you, any of those guys who bass fish with Cinco's, you know, those are traditional kind of throw out into the submerged weeds. And then you start seeing your line co-op kind of crawling off to the left or right and you reel down and set the hook. 
I, I just can't. You know, this thing's sinking. You see this sucker start going left or right. Oh, picture you know what kind of hooks that you're in for. <laughs> well, I mean, that would be kind of neat. You're like, oh, this thing's moving now. Instead of like reaction hook set, you're thinking about it. You're like, okay, yeah. another half a crank, and I'm gonna just dig my heels in. Well, and you know, I don't know if I told stories about some of the vanettes fishing I've done before, but there's been times, you know, I'd take early early spring. Uh, you know, I had your swimmers with no hooks on the belly, and I just crawled along the bait in like 20 foot of water, or on the bottom of 20 foot of water, and you feel the tick, like a, and you just kind of crank down. You know, there's no the hardcore; it's just a crank down and just rock the whole boat, and you just like you're sitting into a log, and you just get this huge head shakes. It's the coolest thing on earth. And so I just see this sucker, same thing. It's kind of your line's going off to the left in, in shallow so, water weeds, and you know, <laughs> it's so there's a lot, hook. a lot of versatility with this bait. I look yeah. at it as something easy to use for my clients on the boat that are having a tough time casting. This would be easy for them to use. I look at it as something that um, if you got a fish hanging around on your live scope or your active target, you could drop this thing down and try to get it to go. Dead sticking, things like that. Uh, and especially with the way that you rig it. Um, yeah, that dead sticking. Bottom right? line yeah, the dead sticking is like, like you, you could literally just put it in a rod holder and be casting and just let that thing, just the rocking of the boat could be sitting there jiggling it. Absolutely. And, and I think a lot of people with that live scope and active target, and the Humminbird one too, is uh, they, they are dead sticking. So, like, if you get that fish to follow in, it's just chilling there. You yep. have it hanging there. You pick it right up. Say, whoop, one second here. I'm going to grab this rod out of the rod holder and just give it a couple pumps or something like that. But I think it, it it's uh, that's what it's made for. Versatility, new people into musky fishing, um, veterans as well. Uh, but the dead sticking aspect of it is something that I'm going to be using it for, uh, especially with... Um, the person might be tired from casting and things like that. So uh, versatility. Very good. Dave, you have anything you want to add before we wrap up the, uh, the big letdown of the CBW? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, other than I do like the fact that I could rig this weedless very easily too, which it's hard to find, you know, a lot of baits on the market that, you can actually fish and then deep cover weeds. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Your imagination's the limit. True. Perfect. So while this bait is not quite out yet, we're going to probably be making some, taking some to, uh, probably at least the musky max. We're going to gauge some interest and see, see what's up with that, but fun project. <clears throat> All right. Switching gears here. Dave, you, you donated a bait. You want to tell us what bait that is? That is a 50 Finder 11-inch, and I believe I sent one with the aluminum lip. Is that I can't remember, honestly. Is it aluminum vance? Correct. Let me pick this yeah. up. I, I didn't quite hear, hear it. Can, can, you, can you break that? <laughs> oh, sorry. Let me try it one more time. Yeah, that's literally just me picking it up. It's, it's very safe. Uh, but it has a, yeah, it's, it's tinny lip. All right. 50 mission cap. Yep. All right. So t tell us, 
tell us how that bait came to be. Uh, that bait came about, I think, going on two years now. Um, I wanted a bigger profile bait with the dual pole, and I pretty much scaled down the 50 finder 13 to an 11, and that was it. Okay, so you started out with the 9, then you went 9, 13, 11, or, or how was that? Yeah, I did. I went 9, 13, 11. Okay. Um, what what were you trying to target with, with this 11? Uh, late season, uh, deep water, slower trolling. You can troll them fast, but they tend to pull a little bit hard. Um, they give the uh, AZ rod holders a workout. Yeah, but they don't sweat it. They don't sweat it, no. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that was the goal, just a, a bigger bait for late season. Okay. Um, is, is it, you know, t- talk about the construction here. Uh, cedar, western red cedar, uh, through wire construction. Uh, the bait is, the body alone is 11 inches long, and it's a little under an inch and a half thick. Um two screws in the lip. They're built pretty tough. So when you said the body's 11, that does not include yes. the lip. That doesn't include the lip. No. Okay. So this, this thing is like a true 11, but it's probably more like, what do you think Vance? 13, 14. Well, yeah. If you would say like what the cool kids do, it's maybe 13 and a half with the lip. Okay. And, um, Obviously, Vance is 13 and a half. Boom. <laughs> Spot on. So, uh, what, what do you offer it in a Lexan lip, or is this just so happens you I, just? I do. The majority of them are Lexan. Um, I'll do a few batches of aluminum throughout the year. And what's the advantage of the aluminum? A lot of guys in Canada up on the shield lakes like to bang them into the bottom and they get that extra noise off them. Um, I think the Lexans definitely hold up longer because the aluminum actually chips away on them when you grind them into those rocks. But Okay. Now, how, how, did, how did you anticipate how well these would hold up against a coffee table? They should hold up pretty good to a coffee table. Okay. <laughs> so, man. It's still intact. <laughs> this has got to be nails on a chalkboard for you. <laughs> and whoever whoever might get this too, dude. We ran it like we ran this bait. We tested this bait. So, but it literally is like spotless. And um, um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else you want to tell us about about the bait? Any uh, this is this is your time to talk anything about this bait. Uh. Um, I don't really have much more to uh let me let me ask you this though do you notice because i've never ran a 13 before do you notice a difference in how this thing runs uh compared to the 13 very similar um and the nice thing about it with that shallow pull is they don't drag too hard and they'll mm-hmm. still get down over 20 feet on the shallow mm-hmm. how far back so uh 90 Okay. How about on the deep side? Not 90 on the shallow? We'll yes. You, is that what, that's what you're seeing? 
pretty... over 20. I think it was like 22. I'd have to get the chart out. And then that aluminum yeah. lip on the deep 90 back at 2.5, it's down to 33 feet. Wow. Yeah. And it's. And you said 3.5. 2.5, yeah. 2.5. 2.5. Well, it's a data. Yeah. Okay. I'm making notes. That's Incredible. why I asked. So so this thing is 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 digging. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fun. Yeah, you're, you're going to want, with, with that much pool, at that slow of a speed, you better have some rod holders, right? Yes. No plastic. Yeah, no warranty. Well, that's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so any, anything else? I mean, I, I know that you take a ton of time on painting these. And, you know, the the detail there, you've got a whole bunch of different techniques uh, to, to add finishes that are, like, top-notch. Where can, I, and I know you've done this on previous podcasts, how can someone get their hands on this? Uh, you'd have to send me a message and I'll add you to my Facebook group and it's all pretty much uh, draw to buy format to buy baits. There's still a pretty big demand, so I keep it fair. Okay. And real quick, give, pretend I'm five, describe to me what the draw to buy is. <laughs> okay. A draw to buy is format that we've been using since 2017 to sell bait so i usually try to do 10 of the same pattern same bait i'll post the picture of them and the people in the group if they want a chance to buy that bait they comment on the post and my friend riley at the end of it will go live and do a randomizer and the top 10 names from the randomization get to purchase the bait okay Typically, what what is the, this bait's configuration? Give us the price range of where this bait would be. Okay, the fifty finder elevens all depending on the paint um, range from one seventy five all the way to two hundred dollars. Okay, so Vance is over there bouncing around two bills. <laughs> Dude, I do that all the time. <laughs> That's what you light your cigars with, right? I mean, you heard me buy a propane tank tonight because I didn't want to go into my boat. Yeah, I did. I was on the phone while he asked the the clerk, how much is a new propane (laughs) tank versus a refill? He's like, well, I'm just going to buy a new one because I don't feel like grabbing the empty one. Mm -hmm. Tell me you just left that on the curb and drove away, the empty one. Might be there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always giving back. That's right. So, all right, Dave. I'm going to tell Wait, you. Wait, I have a question for Dave. Okay, let's hear cool. it. Why didn't you respond to me today? I did. Jesus. Oh, that's embarrassing. Burn. You didn't get it? Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> you, you better check your messages. Right? Oh, no, man. No, you never sent it. You never sent anything. I did. Okay, oh, let's man. let's save this for uh, not during this show. We're we're professionals. I was, here. Just, I, I was just I was just joking, you know. But I just figured you didn't like it because the the baits looked very ugly 
after I oh. used them. I replied back, beauty. Beauty, nice. Okay. Dave. Well, listen, you... I do I do have a replacement on the way. I told you that. Excellent. Okay. Excellent news. Dave, you are more than welcome to stay for the rest of the show, but I, I know that you like to go to bed early, so if you want to say goodbye, you can say goodbye or you can hang out. I'm I'm okay with either. I'll let you guys go and do your thing, and I'll talk to you later. And thanks for letting me uh, test the new bait. I like it. Uh, it was a I fair trade. Good. I mean, gave you a couple worms, and you. <laughs> I mean, those worms are worth a hundred bucks a piece at this trade. <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least. So, hey, I I appreciate you taking time. I I know that this wasn't. You're ready, but not excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank I'm you. I'm truthful, right? Yeah, that's all we, I can ask. Andy and I actually say that every time before we do a podcast as well. So it's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, th- thank you so much for donating this, and it wasn't like some little bait. This thing is incredible. So yeah. you're welcome anytime. All right, thanks, Dave. All right, gentlemen, have See a good day. Bye. Take it easy. See you. Bye. All right, it shows that he's not here. Okay, time to talk crap on him. All right? <laughs> so we got this sucks. obnoxiously big, beautiful <laughs> bait. I'm gonna just going to throw sour grapes at this thing because I don't have one of them. Um, but, okay. Do so, I? Well, you got one there. <laughs> You've been dribbling like a basketball. I seriously am just setting it down and then picking it up. I mean, that's this thing's humongous. Yeah, uh, th- there's there's a substantial difference in everything when you go from say like an eight inch raptor to a ten inch raptor. Things just get bigger. Um, an eight inch swimmer to a ten inch swimmer. It's just crazy uh and that's exactly what i'm looking at with this bait and i try to set it down nicely but like that's what i'm hearing every time because there's giant hooks on it but and there's uh, aluminum lips and split rings and exactly yeah <laughs> exactly um did we even mention it was in the 50 mission cap yes you did okay cool um so with that being said who wants to talk about how they gingerly ran it? Well, I know one person I'll, did gingerly. Yeah, I'll I'll talk about it now. I I just ran it on the uh, on the deep setting uh, for about like ten minutes. Um, the thing pulls extremely hard. Uh, my reels aren't the greatest because. It's October. I will trash them at the end of the season, but I had to like bury the dragon on this thing um, for it for it to not pull out line at the speed I wanted to be at. It is a digger, as Dave alluded to. Um, this thing, I, it, it just it's an enormous it's an enormous pulling bait. It's borderline on if you had a tin boat. And you put it out, it would turn you. Um, super hard thumping, um, but I think it's uh, you know specific in times of when you would run this thing. But we can get into that. Uh, but at, at first glance, big puller, 
a lot of tension going on on with uh, on your gear. Um, I ran the deep setting. I took it up to speed that I was fishing and I was in the fall fall season, so I was four sub four sometimes, um, and this thing was still just like ripping uh, the whole time. Um, so uh, really neat. Um, specifically ran at a time. We'll we'll, we'll get get into that. Uh, ran gingerly. Made sure that my I actually replaced a stay lock just to run this thing, um, so I wouldn't lose it. That seems to be a common theme. Now, what? to make sure you don't lose it. <laughs> yeah, make sure I don't lose it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, but not because these things are collectors at all. Like my 50 finders are absolutely disgusting, destroyed. Um, so much that it like makes Dave like question what's going on. Um, you know, am I teeing my hooks correctly? Uh, what, like, why are, why are these looking like this? But that's just me. I fish 270 days a year, but, uh, I replaced the, I, I did it because I'm opening up those stay locks so much. I just put a fresh one on just in case that it would, you know, leave on a windy day and it's got a brown back and I didn't see it. That would be just, I mean, I don't even know what I would do. I just probably would donate out of my own pocket and be like, well, we had this, but <laughs> you know, I can't find it anywhere. So here's just, you know, X amount of dollars for the. Yeah, I, I, we understood what what you were saying when you're like, I put a new yeah. stay lock on. That there are, we don't want to lose any of the baits that were donated for testing, but there are some that you really don't want to lose. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have to be the one to, hey, we were gonna donate this bait, but hey, Vance, tell us what happened to it that day. <laughs> so you know. Yeah, and if it if it did happen to anybody, it would definitely be me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now, Steve, tell us how you ran yeah. it. Very carefully. Um, so I started on the shallow, um, and just uh, to kind of see uh, how the pool was and how the action was, and, and ran it at different speeds, all the way up to six miles an hour, and did the same under the deep. And and, and so the, the the interesting thing is it actually ran very similar on both settings. I, I thought it'd be a, a very a noticeable difference, but it, it has a surprisingly tight uh, cadence for such a big bait. I thought, you know, we talked about the uh, Andrew eyes being very wide around the middle. This thing has a very, very tight um, like wiggle, which is, is unique for this big bait. And I could see at the slower uh, speeds where that kind of uh, a tight wiggle really looks like a fish trying to kind of, uh, injured fish trying to, to to kind of be unnoticed, if you will, because it's just trying to stay in line, but it, there's enough of there to, to get that attention. So it's a unique, I think unique for this size uh, to have that, but man, on the deep setting, it just disappeared. It was hard for me to even try to gauge what the speed or, or what it was doing at different speeds because it just would drop straight down. So I had to really short line this sucker. And, 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 uh, and as you get up to the, like that five and six mile hour range, it was, it was pulling drag that I had tightened all the way down. So when they talk about 
uh, yeah. robust gear. Absolutely with this. And, and I, I was nervous as heck around it. Now, fortunately, um, I made sure I was in like 30 foot of water. It was open. so that And, and my, you were putting uh, your net behind it? So if the line didn't break, close. it'd go in your net? <laughs> pretty much, man. Because I, I knew if something broke, I, at least it would float. Because uh, I'd be doing a, a search party and gridding out the lake to make sure I found this thing. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point that you made there about that shallow setting. Like I I didn't run it on it. I actually have never clipped a bait to the shallow setting. Crucify me for that. You know, even when I first started like believers and things like that, I just never really liked that. But uh it's interesting that, you know, you would think with the shallow setting that a bait like this would kind of minnow its way through where it's like really wavy. Its whole body wants to turn, like the belly comes up, and like that. But uh, that's pr- that's pretty cool that you, you said that they they run uh, very similar. Um, yeah. And it's just what's going to happen with this giant. I, I can tell you what's going to happen with that know? bait. Whoever gets it is not going to fish it. Probably, <laughs> probably, unless, unless it's like, I would like these baits, like have like Canada written all over for me, for me. I like, I, I held one and was like, man, this is like the perfect size for Canada. Any name like shield Lake X up there or, you know, the Larry or something like that, or even Malax. Uh, these things are like, they're perfect. So, yeah, but you're, you're right. No, but they're probably not going to run this. Well, and, and you got, I mean, you guys know DK well, but, you know, I'm on that uh, draw to buy because it's like winning the lottery every time you see your name in the top 10. But he's always specific, like, hey, these are meant to fish. Please don't collect these. Like, get them on the water. Send me pictures. Like, that's his thing. You know, he really wants you to fish them. But as you guys say, it's it's such a work of art. It's, it's tough to sometimes put it out there. Yeah, I so. I ignore that, but <laughs> I don't know if it's like so much of the. I mean, obviously the painting's like really good, but I think these like guys are just trying to like hold them to flip them and like try to make them buck, you know. Yeah, and that that's the sad part is you know that the there's a lot of labor that goes into making this bait. Mm-hmm. And you know it's priced. It's priced very accordingly. I mean, it, it's it's actually. I, I know what time goes into these. He puts huge effort into it, and I think that that's a fair price. Um, it's not a bait for everybody. Um, but with that said, I mean, it it is kind of sad to see people exploiting the. Um, you know. They they might get it you know for what they feels good then they're gonna go ahead and make a hundred bucks on it this and that it it I get it and he does the best to kind of curb that but um yeah it's very well constructed top notch stuff he's been doing it for a while now so um, mm-hmm. I guess on the crankbaitiness scale one being super tight and ten being a wide wobble and we're gonna kind of put this as like we had that uh, teeth seeker six. For a six inch, it was really crazy. For an eleven, how do you guys rate this? Three. Yeah, 
yeah, I'd be honest, three or four, it's tight. I mean, for that size, it's really tight, which is impressive in itself, and I think uh, part of, of why it's so uh, effective as a bait. So, yeah. All right. And when would I run this? Yeah, you said Ooh. Canada. Canada <laughs> in, like, late fall, big profile, gets down deep in their face, and it's still doing uh, you know, the action that it's doing, which whoever wins this should uh, see firsthand. How about you, Steve? I'd say extremely shallow water early, early spring. Now I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're a DK. It's, it's specifically designed for that. What you're going to do is you're going to have fall. six inches of line out and just let it pull the tip <laughs> down. Yeah. Let's <laughs> see what I could snag. No, but uh, uh, like you said, it's it's designed for that fall, late fall, deep. Uh, and, and so it, I think you hit the nail on the head with that design and, and, and its function because that's where, where I would uh, utilize it too. Yeah, Excellent. and whoever wins this, you know, we, we would love to, and Dave would love to see it used. I know that, like, every personal best fish, I think, that Dave has caught has been on this 50 mission cap for himself. I Don't quote me on that, but this is, like, a marquee color for him. And, um, you know, use it up. Don't flip it. That's right. All right, so we got a big honking bait. It's 11 inches long, not including the lip. He's been making them now for a couple years. It kind of fit the niche between the 9 and the 13. Shallow setting, air quotes shallow, 20 feet deep at 90 foot back, and that's at 2.5 miles an hour, and 33 deep at 90 foot back on the deep setting. Uh, Crankbaitiness, it's surprisingly tight for its size, Um, so a 3 to 4. And you're looking here, you're looking for some big cold water. You want deep, you want fall, and uh, as Vance kind of described it, Canada. But it could definitely be used here in the States. But big baits, you better get some big gear for it. So, mm-hmm. How about that, Dave, saying that at 2.5 mile an hour, and here we are, like, running four. Four to yeah. six. <laughs> Trying to pass something. We're going to go to four. It's just like tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick. We're going to I mean, you control faster than that for walleye, don't you, Andy? <laughs> I tend to not go anything slower than that. Yeah, I, I, I like it closer to three just because I like to feel like I'm moving. Yeah. So, nice. Those walleyes won't hit that. No. I try to mate with it. Too maybe. fast. It is too fast. Too, too fast. <laughs> too fast. It, I, I, th- yeah, that drives me nuts. People are like, oh no, you got to go one point one to one point three. Really? I'm using the same mm. thing at like three one. <laughs> yeah, and I don't care if there's a harness on or a crankbait. I'm doing the same miles an hour. I'm mixing in my spread. By yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right, you guys got anything to add here? No, just thanks for having me on. I love doing these bait reviews. You know, I love gear. So uh, having the opportunity to objectively test them all. Yeah, this this is cool. I mean, uh, with the CBW, we're really horrible at marketing. Um, And this proves it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, But this thing is like versatile. It's really, really cool. Somebody like Steve, uh, 
help us out with like how to rig these things. We might sell, um, we, you know, maybe we'll do a harness, you know, with these things. Um, I, we, I think we, you're we right. Really did, we, we really didn't elaborate on that. Um, but we could come up with, you know, like a, a, a one, you know, like wacky weedless, whatever. Um, but Andy, go ahead. Yeah. So right now, before we go and invest a whole bunch of tooling and lead molds and this and that and various bent wires, uh, we're, we're probably just going to have, you know, some supply for sale at the Muskie Max. And uh, as things start to get to rolling and we get some good feedback and, and we get a little more time under our belt, you know, we'll probably start coming up with some of our own um, harnesses and rigs and, you know, techniques and stuff. But initially we just kind of don't want to pigeonhole this because it is flexible enough. It, it, it It's a solid rubber bait that, you know, it, you can kind of have it slithery. You can have it wiggly. You can have it just take up volume. Um, so it's, 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 it's a blank canvas at this point. So, uh, we don't want to stifle creativity by saying, Oh no, here's the jig head. Here's the spinner blade. Here's the hook for this style. It's have fun with it. Mm-hmm. So, and it definitely is not going to be breaking the bank. So that, that's the other fun thing is, you know, like anyone with small children that comes to the shows and they want something, you know, you, you always have to buy something for the kids. The fact that this thing doesn't have hooks and it's just a nice molded piece of rubber that kids can get it inexpensive. They can play with it. And then when they're sleeping in the car, you snag it up and then you use it, you know, the next day. So <laughs> that's the uh, long and short of it there. Yeah. So definitely unique and fun to fish. I'll say that. Yeah. It's a, it's a hoot. And oh, uh, we'll, get, we'll get these things going. Uh, off season. Well, not get up the water. Uh, where their production style, we'll hit it. We'll crush it, and we'll send you some more. Nice, appreciate it. Perfect. So, big thanks to Andrew Y. Spray Bomb Baits and um, DK Lures, and obviously we talked about the AZ stuff. Um, so with that, I'm going to wrap this one up. Big thanks to Fat AZ Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vix Marine, and Aqua Traction. Ah, so fall fatty time, deer hunting, a lot of stuff going on in the outdoors right now. So whatever your uh, adventure is, good luck and thanks for listening.